0: Maybe uh, regarding the group meeting, so, um, you know, something classic that we could uh, report on when we meet together, each one of us, uh, very, in a way, quite simple also, is um, what is happening during the sitting or during a typical walking? What happens? I'm bored to death. (laughs) I notice mostly sound or breath or I get caught a lot. You know, I'll notice one... uh, when um, breathing uh, in and out or two, and then whoops, it starts commenting or there's this particular uh, thing that uh, I might want to name or not, but there's a theme that keeps coming back. Uh, you know. So, so what happens as you sit, as you walk, and maybe as you do one daily activity? Like, oh, uh, in the dining hall for me, it's really easy to connect with uh, taste, or I get really stressed and tense in the <coughs> hall, uh, the, uh, the, the dining room, uh, it's um, you know, triggering for me, or I find it lovely, I, I sit there and I can really appreciate. Uh, or what are the moods that are present as you're sitting and walking? One very, very classic way to report is, um, is you name uh, something that was happening, you know, so I was sitting, I'll, I'll give you a little example just here, um, as people were coming in. So uh, I, I'll do this um, three-part report here. So I was sitting, and there was the sound of people coming, or, you know, organizing themselves. So this, this uh, what was happening, this, how was it known, and what eventually happened. So here's my report following these three. So I was sitting here, eyes were closed. And uh, the attention was on the sounds that were you know, happening as people were coming in. And there was a steadiness. How was it known? It was known calmly, simply, uh, without struggle, uh, easily. The mind was uh, slightly interested, you know, con- connecting with what was happening. And uh, what eventually happened, the bell rang close to the, to the hall. And uh, thinking started about, oh, was it the way I trained it? I think it was the way that I talked about how to ring the bell, and it's much better when... And so there was uh, maybe, I don't know, something between 30 seconds and a minute of thinking that was not noticed. It was not uh, mindful. I was listening mindfully to sound, then the bell rang, and I took off. I left the reality and took off in the world of uh, thoughts, and it was not noticed until at some point it, it, uh, it, uh, there was a waking up to the fact that there had been a number of seconds uh, of being uh, in a pattern of thinking. You know? And then there was a noticing of this, oh, caught, not caught anymore. And then a connecting with sounds, and the first sound that was heard was a, actually um, a bird. Voilà. That's a little snippet of a sitting. Yeah? I'm not telling everything about my life and philosophy about when we sit and you know and how I'm going to apply this in life. It's really really simple. It's very immediate. Yeah? So I don't bring so much of the past. Uh, I, so what's happening here? So in, in a way, it's very much in line with the practice we do. Yeah? It's what's happening here, very simply. The mind was attentive. The mind was. Uh, Uh, you know, absent or caught in thinking. It could be the same with uh, walking. You know, there could be a description of there was the stepping, the stepping, and the noticing of some loveliness, maybe in the air, or feeling pleasantness. And then boredom came, you know, or agitation. Okay, that's enough. I'm tired of this now. I noticed this. And got back into the feet, maybe, or the breath something like this, so we'll hear a little bit what's happening uh, for for you, knowing that it's not so personal, it's what's happening for a meditator, you know. Two thousand, five hundred (laughs) years ago, people were describing similar things, obsessive thoughts about bell ringing, and other (laughs) (laughs) such important matters. (laughs) Okay? So, uh, so I'm saying this because as we're going to sit in a few minutes, maybe you'll be able to uh, attend to your experience like this. I like that technique because through that technique of reporting, what was happening, how was it known, and what eventually happened, this is a lot how I learned to practice, because I would go and see my teacher, and, uh, and they would bring me back to that form, and I could actually, I could not answer They would say, oh, go back, practice. And I would go back and like, God, I'm going to report at one time at least well, you know, about what happened, how it was known, and what eventually (laughs) happened. And that's how I actually learned to pay attention, see, what's known here, Pascal? Oh, sitting is known. How is it known? Oh, it's known with, uh, you know, some kind of agitation in the mind, or, or confusion, or uncertainty, or it's known with calm, okay? Let's stay here. Ah, suddenly a sound appears. Oh, this is what's known. What eventually happens? The sound left. And then there was pride. I'm so good at this. <laughs> 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 or will I be able to keep it? You know, fear came. Okay. So I wanted to take a few minutes uh, to talk about five uh, mind states that often uh, come and visit meditators and human beings in a more general way. Uh, And they tend to be uh, afflictive. They tend to make our life a little bit more complex or heavy or agitated. And so uh, if you're a normal human being, you might recognize some of them, all of them, uh, sometimes they're subtle, <coughs> sometimes they're intense, sometimes they're just one of them, sometimes they come in a bunch as a, almost an attack on the, on the psyche. And uh, in the course of practice, as we sit, as we walk, and as we go through our daily activities and in our lives, they are often <coughs> present. And it's good to, uh, for us to recognize them, the states of mind. So the the Buddha invites us to be aware of bodily experience. So always a good thing to be uh, uh, close to one of the five senses. He invites us in real time also to be aware of uh, experiences of pleasure and displeasure. You know, when something is pleasurable, to actually feel, note it in this particular way. Oh, I recognize consciously, lucidly, that this is pleasurable. Oh, I recognize consciously, knowingly, as it's happening, that this is difficult, unpleasant, uncomfortable. So we're invited to notice these and notice mind states. I talked about this. Notice the mind that is quiet, spacious, a little tight, upset, uh, occupied, available, The mind that has goodwill, the mind that has ill-will. No, not you. (laughs) Just others. You know, know, when the mind has goodwill, you're sitting there and sometimes it's quite transparent. I'm willing to be here and to do this practice. The mind is willing, it has goodwill. It's not uh, making trouble, looking for trouble. So that's good to notice this. there's an absence of struggle here, or there's goodwill in whatever way you feel it. And sometimes the mind you can feel is looking for trouble. Maybe not yours, mine sometimes does. It's looking for something to comment about, or judge, or, you know, have an opinion about. And so it's nice to notice this, become aware of it, instead of just duped, fooled, entranced, to <coughs> this mind know is uh, grumpy right now oh grumpy mind it's good to be conscious we do this for ourselves it's a really good thing to do for others also if we're not conscious of our mind states others will <laughs> you know and so uh, we do this work here of becoming aware of mind states so some of the typical mind states that will come in a retreat in the country, in the city, <laughs> in relationships, in the solitude, in the bath, in the bed, on the sidewalk, <laughs> in the bus, is... Uh, okay, stop, please. It's <laughs> torture. So one of them is the um, desire for something else. You know, it's a kind of a clingy desire, like of wanting something else. It could be to be somewhere else. You know, you're having an exchange with somebody, talking, but you want to be in that group over there. Have you ever felt that? It's a very common human experience. This is a kind of particular kind of misery. Right? When I'm here having a conversation with somebody and I really want to be there, it's a particular kind of suffering. Right? And we easily blame the other. (laughs) But it's actually a mind state. It's good to be aware of this and become interested in it. So it's not that it shouldn't happen. And that's the kind of revolution, twist of mindfulness. Mindfulness is interested in the human experience as it's unfolding. And so if this you have the chance that this happens for you at one point, here it's a little harder because we're in silence, You can't want to be in the other conversation because it's not happening. But you know, if it happens next time where you are talking to somebody and you want to be in the other conversation, it's not an opportunity for judgment. Uh, That's the (coughs) revolution of mindfulness. It's an opportunity for interest. Oh, look at that. How does that feel? To be here while wanting to be there. Let me become aware of this. Often, Will be uh, kind of infatuated with over there, over there, and it might be another conversation, or to feel something else, or to be somewhere else, or to have the other say something else. So it, it could be, you know, it's infinite, but it's always this one thing, something else, valuing something that is not happening to be happening, and so becoming interested in that, that kind of particular hooked or misery, we could say. Becoming aware of this. And uh, with compassion maybe, or maybe with humor, depending on the power of this thing. If it's gripping us, you know, what, guts and throat, you know, like we'll need compassion to accompany ourselves through this. If it's slight, we might have a little humor. Oh, look at this, the mind is a little hooked. would want the bell to ring, and it doesn't ring. You know? And so, becoming aware of this particular mind state while it's happening, naming it—oh, strong <coughs> desire for something else, hooked on alternative reality, you know, fiction—some you know, some naming of it, and becoming really interested in the feeling of this in the heart. It might be it might be located in the body. You might feel it in the throat or in the there's a tension. Maybe some some kind of Tension in the whole body, or or something becomes a little rigid in the mind. You know, the mind is like not this, something else. Some, you know, there's a you can see the hook. You know, like the a bit like the, the dog, the, the the hunting dog. That you know, and so you might feel something like this. There's a uh, mind loses its uh, flexibility. It's like, this is what I want. I'm hooked on this. You know noticing this. So that's one of um, the qualities that we call hindrances. They hinder well-being. And it's good to notice that we lose freedom because suddenly it needs this, absolutely. And so we don't have to let it go. We just want to become aware of how it feels. And one of the ways that I uh, maybe represent it or uh, Is that so? I'm hooked on this thing. I want this thing. I want to be back home now. I want to be back home now. You know, but I'm here. You know, so but I want to be back home now, and I'm infatuated with this image. And the work of mindfulness is to become aware of the state of the person there. So losing a little bit of the infatuation, the the uh, being hooked on the image idea and coming a little bit here to feel how does it feel to want something that is not there right now. And chances are we're going to find a little discomfort here. And part of the path here is to take care of this, to start taking care of this here. So losing the infatuation for this and starting to take care of this being here, Oh, this being here. Is suffering. So here can be born compassion, care. Oh, this being uh, is really giving all value to something that doesn't exist right now here. It's not easy to be caught like this. Let's take care of this being. So, strong desire like this for something else. Uh, greed is a uh, Um, one of the words for it. Sometimes another um, mind state that comes, it might come with, or it might might, uh, come on its own, is aversion, a refusal of what's there. And the mind doesn't want something that is there. It could be some sensation in the knee, and it's there. We can't make it go. But the mind is like, no, I don't want this. This is difficult for a human being. It's very common. It's natural and difficult. And because we're spiritual seekers, we get interested in these particular kinds of suffering to see what can be done. You know, Is it possible to actually soften into what's there? Well, first become aware and name this. Oh, the, the classic name for it in English is aversion. Aversion. I'm aversive to... Something, you know, maybe you're sitting here and it's a little colder than you would want. So it's unpleasant. Oh, cold, cold. Unpleasant, unpleasant. Oh, hating the cold, aversive to cold. So there's a, there's not only the unpleasantness of the cold, there's the other um, arrow, we say the, the, the reactivity, the impatience, the either uh, it's another kind of rigidity, you know. It's either a kind of a freezing, or a kind of a, a kind of a becoming opinionated. It shouldn't be. It shouldn't be, you know. And so, when this happens here, no, we're invited to notice it. So, lose the infatuation with the thing. It shouldn't happen, and become aware of how is this being here? How is this being here? Maybe. Depending on the strength of this uh, reactivity, maybe we'll find that we can actually soften a little bit inside what's happening, you know, and allow, I don't know, discomfort to be there. Can discomfort be, be there without me hating it, hating it, or being mm-hmm. aversive, aversive to it? Allowing it to be there, allowing it to be there. Mm-hmm. And it might be uh, yeah any, uh, it might be any f- physical thing. It might be a sound that you hear that you find disagreeable, and you might uh, become interested. Can I allow this disagreeable sound to come? And it, the answer might be no. But becoming interested, it might be possible that at some point, depending on the situation, that we can say actually it can be there right now. I can allow this to be there right now. So this field there of mindfulness of aversion is very, very rich. Um, I know we would all like to just be sitting here, you know, levitating with, you know, our pashmina and our hair in the wind, (laughs) like on Instagram, but unfortunately this is reality. And so for human beings, often, uh, uh, you know, we meet what is uncomfortable, uh, disagreeable to the ear or to the taste buds or to any of the senses, you know. And so here we actually uh, see if we can allow this thing to be present, allow this discomfort of whatever uh, it is, you know, allow it to be present. So here, little um, little note, uh, bottom of the page, note here. What I'm talking about here, we could easily make the link with, um, you know, somebody is abusive to me. And I learned in my mindfulness practice to actually just accept it and notice it and relax into it. That's not what I'm talking about. What I'm talking about here is a capacity to recognize and resource oneself in order to act appropriately. And sometimes act appropriately is to say, no, this doesn't work. And sometimes acting appropriately might be to allow something to be there because we won't be able to change it. If I knock my uh, toe on a chair or table, you know, this is going to happen for a few minutes or a few seconds. It will do what it will do. And there's a way where I can... uh, and that's The the Buddha talks about this, the second arrow. He says, some arrows you can't avoid. There will be dis-ease. There will be aging. There will be... Uh, all kinds of situations that happens that we don't have control over. You know, so the second arrow, I can't do anything about it. It comes with life. The other arrow of the reactivity, maybe there's something to be done with this one. It's not easy work, but it can be done. So here, as we go through the day, there'll be moments where desire will arise. I want the meal now. I want this to be over that morning of practice. Know? Or, I want to be Friday now. You know, it's only Wednesday. <laughs> you know, And then, if it happens, you notice, oh, wanting <coughs> Wednesday to be Friday. Wow, that is painful. <laughs> you know, just notice this. Or, uh, you know, if there is a version. two other states that um, are kind of opposite from kind of a pair uh, polarity uh, is uh, agitation when suddenly there's so much energy either in the body or the mind that we can't actually connect with reality it might have happened to you or you might have seen people around you experience this you're trying to talk to somebody and they're so agitated they can't actually hear what you're saying although you might be saying something that would be an important information for them. And sometimes it's us. Somebody's talking to us, but we can't actually, you know. They're like, you just had to stop, turn right, okay, okay, okay. (laughs) They're like, God, they're telling me exactly what I need to know. But I'm so agitated, I can't actually hear. you know. And so this might happen here, that I get so agitated that I can't hear. It's good to recognize this, to become aware of this. Oh, strong agitation right now in the body, in the mind, the mind... Oh! So I'll be sitting here. Oh! This mind has a lot to say. And it apparently it's not going to stop right now. Does that happen to you? We just want to be there sitting, feeling the breath, but it has a lot to say. You know, there's agitation in the mind. So I'm not going to try to stop it. It might be really hard to, or it may be impossible. But become aware of it. So instead of being infatuated again by all the production, all what it has to say, to just become aware, wow, at the energy level, there's a lot of agitation in this system right now. It's like this. So naming, acknowledging, recognizing, allowing. These are all the words we've been using since we've been here. Allowing agitation to do its wave-like thing you know i'm going to explode it gets really intense open the eyes In the practice we say it's a little bit like if you have a horse that has a lot of energy you don't want to contain it in a small uh, box you know you open the gate give it a wide uh, field so it can run you know so as you sit here if it gets really intense open the eyes look outside Give space to that energy, don't try to contain it uh, and just naming it wow, agitated, agitated agitation feels like this it's a real human experience so in this way, like the other, it goes from being a hindrance to being present and it becomes actually um, it becomes the matter that we attend to agitation. Ah going hundred miles an hour on the cushion. Ah. You know, feels like this. Let's see if we can allow this to happen. Ah. And at some point, third question, what eventually happened? Ah. Oh, at some point it peaked, and at some point it passed. So does sadness. So does rage. So does calm. So does benevolence, or generosity. They arise, they are alive, we can notice them, and they pass. That's their nature. And so here, today, we have a full day to recognize this presence, absence of these different states. Oh, there's the absence of strong desire right now. How does that feel? Oh. Interesting, the absence of desire. It's pretty cool. Oh the absence of opinion or aversion. Oh let's celebrate. You know, there's a little opening here. It might have gone unnoticed. So using this as a frame of reference, the hindrances. Oh is there the presence of wanting something else or not? No. Oh that's Partly a free mind. So the opposite of agitation is uh, sloth, torpor, uh, dissociation, disconnection, you know? So you come to the sitting after the walking, cannot believe there's another sitting, you know? It's a mix of slight aversion, don't want this, and no interest whatsoever in reality. You know? So notice this. You <laughs> <laughs> know, this is from the '90s, but those of you who <laughs> those of you who were born will recognize that. <laughs> uh, and so this is an energy. It's a very difficult energy to live, in, and we can be easily, you know, subdued under the trends of this energy. Things are so boring, this is so boring. Or it might show up in different ways. But here we want to actually recognize this. Oh, disconnected. Disinterest. Would that be the word in in English? (coughs) And so recognizing this very kind of low energy, everything is kind of the same, foggy. No judgments. And that's the instructions of the Buddha. When the mind is foggy, Know the mind as foggy. When the mind is clear, know the mind as clear. There will be fluctuations in these. You know? <coughs> and so notice this, when there's like no interest, but then you hear the bell that calls to the meal. maybe. Toot. Suddenly, ah, there was dissociation, and now I'm totally associated <laughs> with this meal. <laughs> <You know? coughs> Suddenly I'm alive, you know. And so notice the variations in this. And sorry, there's a fifth one. (laughs) I'll stop after. So the fifth of this little list of hindrances of difficult mind states that can be recognized as they are happening, that we can become aware of, is doubt. Doubt can be doubt in oneself. I'm never going to be able to do this. It could be doubt in the teachings or doubt in the teacher. This person doesn't know what they're talking about. Uh, And so this... um, Here I'll make a little nuance. There's a kind of doubt that is extremely helpful and wise. Is when, for example, Pascal says something and you say, Oh, I'm not sure about this. Let me go and check this out. I don't know if you see, but in there there's energy. There's onward-leading energy. There's curiosity, there's uh, investigation. The, uh, the kind of doubt I'm talking about is a doubt that kills uh, energy, you know. So you'd be sitting here: Why am I here? Will I ever be able to do this? During that time, there's no actually practice. There's no exploration. We're not in the practice, you know. We're kind of stuck in something where there's immobility, mm-hmm. and so we want to recognize if there's a doubt that is uh, that is. Um, oppressive, that's its uh, kind of function, or nature, or is to uh, remove energy, remove capacity, remove confidence, remove uh, curiosity. If, that's, uh, if you're caught in this, that would be typical, especially if um, at the beginning of practice, and for the first decade of practice, <laughs> this comes and we get overwhelmed by it. And with practice, we learn maybe to recognize it. Oh, this is doubt. It drains energy. It drains confidence. This is not helpful. And so, what recognizes it? It's not doubt that recognizes it. It's clarity. Clarity can recognize doubt. And so in that moment, this is what's being cultivated in the mind, clarity. Oh, doubt. It might take the form of discouragement. Oh, discouragement. So nothing to be ashamed of or say it shouldn't happen. It does happen, noticing it, the strong doubt here now. Do you hear the voice that's speaking? It's a kind, clear voice. This is what's being trained in the mind, it's helpful. It's a compassionate, caring voice. Oh, big uh, bout of doubt, big wave of doubt, Pascal. really don't know what you're doing here lost, confused. There can be a lot of clarity around confusion. I clearly know that I'm totally confused right now. (laughs) 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 And we can learn to actually maybe relax in this. I actually don't know, don't know at all right now. And one of the questions can can be, can it be okay, Pascal, that you don't know right now? Can it be okay? And what do you know? What do you know? Well, hearing is happening. You know, the speculation, will I ever succeed? Am I worthy of this? Is this the right practice? Or is These are speculative. There's many angles to it. We can debate about this for the rest of our lives. What do we know for sure? The body sitting. It's breathing. You know. What's going to happen with my future? I have no idea. But what do we know now? Hands are touching each other. This we know. And so, there could be simple ways to actually lessen the, uh, you know, uh, afflictive uh, effects of doubts by coming to something very simple that is clear, known. There's heat here coldness here. This is true. And not on this image, but on many images, most images you actually see of the Buddha, representation of the Buddha. The Buddha seems to be sitting like this, but he's actually sitting with the right hand touching the ground. And this is at the moment, just before his awakening. So this image represents the Buddha to be just a few seconds before when he was assailed by doubt, what are you doing there? You think you can clear the human heart? You think you can, uh, you know, um, detoxify the mind and heart from the, all the afflictive emotions? What do you think you are? Hmm? So he was afflicted by doubt, and what did he do? He just touched the ground. Came back to something extremely simple. What do we know here? This earth here. There's touch. There's, I don't know, hardness or warmth or coolness. This we know. Cutting through the whole army, assailing the army of doubt coming and coming back to something extremely simple. Okay, shall we try this a little bit? the right uh, posture for you right now. Knowing that you're not stuck in it. how you want to practice with eyes open or closed. <coughs> Sometimes if it's very intense what we're going through inside of us, maybe opening the eyes can help a little bit. See what works for you, what's helpful for you. Noticing what's here, what's happening, seeing if it can be known just as it is. Sensation is a sensation, sound as a sound, and thought as a thought. staying around a little bit with sounds or breath you're probably going to notice the state of the meditator the state of mind of the one meditating if they are agitated or calm or spacious, sometimes the mind is has lightness to, to it <clears throat> light-hearted Sometimes it's uh, naturally or spontaneously friendly. Sometimes we can invite kind of friendliness, benevolence in. And sometimes it's not and it won't be for the moment. And we notice this. Noticing what's there, it could be just the experience of gravity, of body pulling towards the earth, pressing on the earth, noticing what's happening and how it is known. Sometimes it's known in aversion, in reactivity, sometimes it's known With curiosity, (coughs) becoming aware of it, how it uh, will unfold. It fluctuates, it changes, some things amplify for a while, sometimes some things disappear or diminish, some things remain sometimes for a while. not forcing in any way, but not abandoning practice either. Ask once in a while, what is the state of this mind? What is the attitude of this mind? And checking, is there something that the, this mind wants, that is looking for, expecting, demanding? We don't do a psychoanalysis here, it's very immediate. No, nothing apparent or yes. Very strong desire to not be here. You notice this? Oh, it's like this right now. You don't analyze think about so much, we just notice what's there and not there. In a while, we can check on the energy level: Is there very low energy, too little energy to connect with reality; maybe too much energy, or maybe just the right amount of energy right now. No judgments, just factual. It's like this right now: high energy, low energy, right energy. You're sitting here with breath, bodily sensations, or hearing. Notice if the mind has a lot to say or little to say. Is it more quiet or more in the emission of thoughts? What is experienced? How is it met? What uh, fluctuation, what change occurs? How's the mind of the meditator right now? What state, what shape? Just factual. Oh, lust Quiet Irritated. Contented. And a classic instruction around the walking meditation is uh, for a period of 45 minutes like now would be to divide it in three first period of uh, 15 minutes to walk at uh, maybe a slightly slower pace than normal uh, and feel the the body uh, moving uh, the whole legs stepping 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 uh, the, maybe the lower part of the body uh Like this, and then for the next 15 minutes to come just in the step and feel just the stepping, stepping. So let awareness uh, highlight the experience of the feet. And then in the last 15 minutes, maybe slow down uh, a little bit more and see if you can feel the lifting, pushing and placing of the foot. So can you be there for the lifting of the foot? pushing of the foot, or the placing of the foot. Often the mind will tend to depart in uh, its uh, habits, when uh, the stimulation is a little less high, a little more neutral. So you might be there for the lifting, the moving, whoops, suddenly you start thinking about being back home. The door is wide open, and all the hindrances can come in, because the mind is not uh, plugged in reality, it's uh, for rent, you know? anybody can come in, and often it will be aversion, boredom, uh, desire for something else, doubt, what am I doing here, you know? and so notice uh, this last part of the walking, the lifting, pushing, placing of the foot, lifting, pushing, placing of the other foot, if you want to. So for, uh, for many of us walking, and for a few of us uh, meeting in the secret room. Okay? Thank you. <coughs> if you have a meeting, please come promptly so uh, we use the precious time we have. Thank you for listening.